0: Welcome to another episode of Bruise, Booze, and Reviews. I'm your host, Knox, and this is a childish podcast on adult beverages. And with me...
1: I'm the child. Oh, Big Earns here. Got nothing really new to say today yet. (laughs) Still working on it? (laughs) Yeah, nothing funny to say today. I mean... uh, I'm Chris, Uh,
2: happy to be here, and uh, really fucking happy that Conor McGregor got proper number (laughs) (laughs) 12
0: KO'd in the second round. All right, and with us today is our special guest.
3: I'm Sean Ballinger. I'm a winemaker, and I'm here to taste some wines with you guys. Yay. Excellent. Thanks for coming.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. you're with what What winery?
3: Uh, Bear Creek Winery. Yep.
0: What well, can it's, you tell us about Bear Creek Winery? How long has that place been around? Where are yeah. uh, you out of? Uh, what do you, kind of grapes do you grow How mostly? long have you been around?
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm 30. Uh, I've been making wine my entire life, so it's a family winery. Um, we're a research winery, so we are constantly trying to breed grapes that are tailored to our super cold winters. Um, we have like 80 or so varieties out there. But our king king of grapes is called Crimson Pearl, and it makes dry red wine similar to like a Gamay or a Barbera from Italy or a Pinot Noir, so lighter, kind of smooth tannins. Um, beautiful. I think it's got some aging potential. We got it in barrel right now, so I'm ready to check that, that out. I'd love to have you out there try some from the barrel. I'd, I'd like
0: them. to dip a ladle in a barrel and just... yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Let's do it. I'm I'm down for that. Uh, yeah. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Uh, sure. so uh today's episode is going to be about Merlot's. But uh what have you guys been up to this last week? Anything special? Anything particular? Uh, Gone done anything, no, seen anything, not, watched really. anything? You said you had the UFC fight, how did yeah. that go last night?
2: It was fucking awesome. Um there's another dude that uh just came over from like Bellator or something, Chandler, who's in that same division as Poirier and uh McGregor, and he. Droid a dude uh, last night, so that was fun. It was just fun to watch, and uh, I've never been a big Conor McGregor fan, so I celebrated uh, <laughs> his knockout by drinking uh, some Teeling Irish whiskey.
0: Yeah,
2: fuck proper number twelve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's on uh, the top ten uh, highest selling big Irish whiskey fucking right now. Deal. I think it's number four actually. Lots of things correctly.
2: that sell well aren't fucking good. Bud Light. <laughs>
1: No comment. from <laughs> lot of people <laughs> like Bud Light. I'm sure. <laughs> Budweiser is a perfectly good.
0: All right. Well, as being as how uh, we have a uh, a guy who makes wine and has been making wine for how many years? His whole life. His he's whole sat, life. So yeah.
3: so out the 12. womb with a grape. So Since you were 12. Yep. Well, not like professionally. I would just help my dad when I was a kid. But uh, professionally, probably 10 10 years.
0: So I will defer to my uh, Google pasting, pasting, your copy and pasting and, re- and defer to you on today's uh, education part of this uh, sure. episode.
3: yeah. Um, so Merlot is an international grape variety, so it's planted pretty much everywhere, um, but it's based out of France. Most grapes that we drink are from France originally, and everyone kind of just stole it. I was going to say there's yeah. stolen grapes. Yeah, All basically, right. yeah. Merlot particularly, but it originates, I don't know if it's, its origins are particularly in um, Bordeaux but that's where it's like that's where its home is but more specifically the right bank of Bordeaux because they have more clay based soils and that's where it thrives Um, and it makes basically medium body, approachable wines when they're young um, kind of moderate tannins Um, when it's based in the new world they're typically fruitier wines when they're from the old world like France um Italy, Spain, they are typically earthier, more tastes like leather, things like that. Um. Mm. So they're Kim. Yep. So lightly fruited shoe.
0: <coughs> yeah. <laughs> so only Merlots can only be made in a certain region of France or just that type of grapes?
3: So you have a couple of wines here. You have one from the mm-hmm. Landadoc mm-hmm. and that's South France. Um, but it's like, it's home is Bordeaux. So okay. they grow, it's grown elsewhere, but it's it's pretty much in Bordeaux. Well,
0: I That's just why. wanted to make yeah. make that definite answer because like oh, so sure. champagnes is champagne only from is, the champagne region of France. Right. Right. That's right.
2: Yep. So but merlot could be made anywhere that the merlot grape grows. That's right. So there's a shit ton
3: of them in California. Oh yeah. It's a big time. They have a bunch of Merlot. Until Sideways, remember, you guys remember the movie yeah. Sideways when he shit on Merlot? When <laughs> Miles yeah. shit on Merlot. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love
0: Paul G, Ah, I was, like, yeah. oh, was going to grab some yeah. of those fucking sounders from that movie today and I just didn't have the time. Locked. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so on the scale of like red wines, mm-hmm. you got your Cabernets, your Merlots, ports, mm-hmm. uh, your Chillables. Let's just, I mean, yeah. on the scale of that, what's the sweetest, what's the driest, and where on the scale does these Merlots
3: totally. fall? So, basically, every Merlot that you're going to drink is dry. Yep. They're, they're, all that's meant by dry wine is that there's no sugar in it. But it, it, when people think of dry, they are kind of conflate it or confuse it with tannins, that drying sensation in your mouth. But um, I would put Merlot in medium tannin. It's got less than Cabernet. Even though it is a sibling, it's got the same parent, Cabernet Franc. It's okay. related to Cabernet Sauvignon, but but it's less tannin and it's fruitier and it's more approachable when it's young.
0: So was this the driest? Yeah. They're all dry. Red uh, red wine variety? Or is what is there one that's drier? Like one category mm, that's drier? More
3: tannin. Yeah. Neviolo has more tannin. That's an Italian grape from Barolo and Barbaresco. That one's, that'll rip your face off with tannin. <laughs> I love Barolo. Um, Cabernet's got more tannin. That one's called what? Uh, that's called Nebbiolo. <laughs> Nebbiolo. Yeah. and it, But the, but the, if you get a Nebbiolo, it's actually going to be labeled Barolo or Barbaresco because they name the wine after the place more so than they name it after the grape in the old world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Nebbiolo's got more tannin. I would say um, Sangiovese has more tannin. Um, Freaking Cabernet, Sauvignon, and Cabernet Franc. So, this my, the one that I brought today has Cabernet Franc in it too, which gives it a little more body, a little more structure. Okay. Um, that's why they do that blend.
1: Uh, well, here in the New World, we call it Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. old, old. Cabernet Franc. Yeah. Cabernet Franc. Yeah. Cabernet Franc. <laughs> Merlot. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: You deserve one of those. Really? Today. I'm kind of surprised yeah, that, that I, I would have.
1: <laughs> no, no. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So. Like, how long does it take for, like, a grape to mature to where you can make wine out of it? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, um, well, it depends on how vigorous the vine is, but uh, I first get fruit in my grapes in three years. Oh, jeez. But then they're more mature. They say you you shouldn't really make wine out of until five. Have you ever seen a wine that says uh, old vine on it? Yes, I, I haven't yet. That whole myth is like the older the vine makes better the wine because of the y- lower yields and smaller berries, and it creates a more concentrated flavor. Um, I don't like to talk about that myth that much because my vines are so young. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. so on my tours, I never mentioned that theory ever. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but um, yeah. So vines can live hundreds of years, um, mm. and they they're a perennial, so they live every year, and you get fruit every year on them one one harvest a year.
1: Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what about the barrels? Uh, what What specific yeah. barrels? Uh, is that a big thing too? Like a huge thing. Okay. There's um. I know been- it's a huge thing with whiskeys and bourbons and whatnot. Mm-hmm.
3: For sure. So I age my wine in barrels too. Um, we use what kind h- of wood? Hungarian, um, Hungarian oak, and then we're doing experiments right now in American oak too. And then we're doing another experiment with uh, these things called flex tanks. They're supposed to replicate the barrel experience in a plastic container. They're
2: made completely out of Flex Seal. Yeah. <laughs> they,
1: they don't leak at yeah. all. Yeah. Bologna. But, then,
3: <laughs> but you basically put oak chips in there, or oak staves they're called, yep. and you let them soak in there. And it's supposed to replicate the oak experience, the kind of vanilla cedar character that a barrel gives to the wine. Um, I haven't been that impressed with them. So I'm a big believer in, in like French oak, Hungarian oak. and I was going to ask you about that
2: because I know yeah. you had – Knox had mentioned that you're going to get a whiskey. Uh, and there was another whiskey that I was looking at that was matured with staves. Yeah. And that just
3: – What did you taste the difference?
2: I, I don't know. I, oh. I, I haven't tried it yet, yeah. uh, any of them. So I, I was curious about that because you also see people are selling those just charred sticks – that yeah. you can just put in your own bottle at home and yeah. <laughs> age it a little more. And I just wonder how, you know, how that works no, definitely. comparatively speaking. Because a lot of it, you know, they're going in and out of the wood. That's you know, right, the breathing. Yep. Here you're just putting that. That's
3: exactly right. How much so,
2: breathing can that little stick of wood mm-hmm. do? I don't know.
3: Exactly. The wine doesn't evaporate. So it becomes, when the wine evaporates in a barrel, it becomes more concentrated. And this, if you put the staves in the stainless steel tank or a plastic container. It doesn't breathe in the same way, so you're not going to get that.
2: Right. Just weird to me. Anyway, totally. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out on a yeah. uh, future episode with
3: whiskeys. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's a Noble Oak Trinity Reserve that mm-hmm. I got. Uh, oh, sweet. With the three different kinds of staves, and it's pretty neat. Yeah,
1: that's really cool. <clears throat> so uh, we live in North Dakota. Yeah. Or we are in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And yeah, thanks. Um, I had to write that down. <laughs> so it gets kind of chilly here in the wintertime, so these grapes actually... Can survive. So, I suppose yeah. they go dormant, or
3: they do go dormant. Okay, um, but our grapes are super hardy. Okay, um, they're designed for it. They're bred for it. They, um, they, some of the hardiest ones. There's one called Valiant. You cannot kill that vine. It'll live to negative fifty. It's ridiculous. I mean, the wine sucks, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but if you want just I a mean, grape, yeah, I think I'm about putting the, like thirty of them right in the entrance of the winery. So they're, like, they're like <laughs> I'll just make juice out of them or something. Because right. yeah. I was gonna say, like,
1: <laughs> North Dakota's got a pretty short growing season. Totally,
3: and so. that's another thing these grapes do is they accept, they ripen really fast. They bud out really late in the spring, and then they they accumulate sugars really fast, and then they they we pick them right at the end of our harvest, like really. The Day before frost, I'm picking my grade. okay.
1: So that's yep. when, right? which yep. could be you know August sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah.
0: The weather worry. up here is goddamn funny. Yes, it
2: is. <laughs> that's no joke, man. My fingers went numb when I was snow blowing today. Yeah. How'd the new snowblower work for you? It worked mm-hmm. pretty well, except for my fingers went numb when I was snow blowing
0: today. You got to get, uh, <laughs> get mittens that'll I'd, cover all your fingers together. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's the secret behind snow blowing. Get some yeah. kitten mittens. <laughs> yeah. Just for the noise. <laughs> all right. Well, um, you guys want to crack open the first one or do we want to go? We're already cracked. We're open. already cracked. All right. Mm-hmm. What do we got for our first one here?
3: you might if I get a little bit?
0: I think the first oh, one yeah. is the dark horse, correct?
1: Right in front of me. Yeah. 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 So, so, like, so how, right many, how many grapes does it take to, like, make. Oh, I'm guessing bottle. 12, 13? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like about three pounds to make a bottle. Oh, okay. Wow. That's not so mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's a good estimate. And uh, who's in charge of... Um Stomping. stomping on them, yeah. <laughs> so, the, so, when you said you've been doing this your whole life, I mm-hmm. just imagined when you were a kid yeah, and you were just stomping. learning how to walk, you know, those baby, they got yeah. these hard, stomped feet. <laughs> and like yeah. they put you in there and they stomp all those grapes, like, you know, child labor, paid <laughs> but you there two there cents you to, a day.
2: It's not labor, it's fun. You don't <laughs> get any dessert and
3: then you get mad stomping around.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. No, I mean, uh, we don't, we use a crusher stemmer. So, oh, like, I wish I do want to bring back Stomping Grapes, though. It is pretty cool to me. You can, like, charge but, yeah. people to come out and yeah. just do no, it. Do a, yeah, do it. Yeah, do
2: It's just there's something about that. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. feet. Um, feet in my. In, I
3: don't know. Yeah. I have a buddy who stomps his grapes, but he wears plastic bags over them. Yeah. So, like, he gets that kind of, like, traditional, authentic wine experience, but, like, doesn't...
0: Does it change anything? Thing. That oh, would be the no. terroir. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: No. <laughs> the terroir
0: is the feet. Ter- terrible.
3: Yeah. It's ter- terrible.
0: terrible
1: <laughs> I lost a toenail.
0: All right. Oh. Our first one here is uh, from darkhorsewine.com. It says Merlot, layered, vibrant, aromatic. compliment your dinner with our layered dark horse Merlot, with notes of dark cherry, blackberry, and toasted oak. You can serve this Merlot at room temp or slightly chilled to unlock deep, rich flavors. In anything from stuffed mushrooms to braised short ribs.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking call up no immediately. I bet I don't get any ribs in this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do get some Prove sort of it. dark fruit though. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It actually smells pretty good. And this is uh, 14.5% as per the bottle. (coughs) And uh, about six bucks.
0: Yeah, it was $6. We got it for six bucks.
1: That's a Bridgeview Liquors. Mm -hmm.
0: It's got oak, vanilla, chocolate, some oaky notes, blackberry, plum, dark fruits, cherry, raspberry, red fruits. I agree.
3: Yeah, so far. Yep.
0: You're doing good job.
3: Tastes better than six bucks to me. Yeah. It, it, it tastes just fine. I yeah. was talking shit immediately. <laughs> no, I love
0: cheap wine. You yeah. guys don't know what you guys don't realize this. Good yeah. box wine is fucking great. I love Phronsie, yeah. man.
2: I was talking mad shit about this earlier just because I, I I talk <laughs> shit about everything, but you know, at six bucks. I was like,
3: ah, you know, it's gonna f-
2: be the vinegar with sugar.
3: That's how they do that. How do they make this
2: bottle for six bucks? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. That's so good. But it, it, it is more, and it says it on the... Maybe I just read it. Vibrant. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't smell like it's going to mm-hmm. taste tannic mm-hmm. or have that tanny,
1: fuzzy tongue.
3: It does have tannin, though. It does dry my mouth out a little bit.
1: Yep. I get mm-hmm. At that very end, it, mm-hmm. your whole tongue is like, mm-hmm. yeah. yep, gone.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, this is pretty good. Very Pretty mm-hmm. smooth. Yep, and this um, is a
0: Californian Merlot. California Merlots tend to... Uh, have more, Be more fruit forward with lots of raspberry and blackberry cut with strong mocha and chocolate notes. Yeah. The tannin tends to be softer in warm climates. Merlot That's is right. known for producing an inky purple juice that varies hugely in complexity depending on the process you used to make it. Eh. Totally. That was from the vino.
1: <laughs> no, I'm going to drink that one. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to do your so suicide we, one or not.
0: So we, Oh, the uh, the infinity it's, it's called a blend. The blend. I make
1: my own blends.
2: He's the blend master
0: you blend in right
2: now <laughs> I, almost every time we drink I pour some out Oh
1: yeah this is pretty good I I, it's I a smell more of that dark fruit than I taste but it is pretty smooth maybe a little maybe a little vanilla in there plum but yeah then it kind of dries out which I'm guessing all mm-hmm. of these are pretty much gonna finish dry yeah. um, because mm-hmm. that's how I per- perceive uh, Merlot. Um, mm-hmm. I always pictured in my head as just the average guy is like Merlot is this really dry, it's a dry pretty heat. flavorful wine, but it, it's always dry and leaves your mouth like sandpaper dry. And- it's
0: not as dry as Cabernet's though. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, oh, I, like say, Cabernet I always light. thought Merlots yeah. were like the driest uh, mm-hmm. type of wine. So mm-hmm. cabs are actually drier so they're or all, more tannic. They're, they're all
3: dry, but we're talking about tannin. Okay. It's lower in tannin, a little bit.
1: And kind of what is
3: the difference between dry and then tannin? So, when you're saying a wine is dry, you're just saying there's no sugar in it or okay. very minimal sugar in there. When you're saying it has tannin, it has a kind of an astringency to it. Or kind of a, like when you, you notice when your mouth drew it out there, that was, that was the fact that it was higher in tannin that did that. So,
2: tannins um, create a dryness and a fuzzy yes. feeling in your mouth. Perfect. Right? Yep, that's exactly right.
3: Yeah. So, all these, uh, my guess is most of these don't have
1: any sugar in them at all.
3: So, when you're saying a wine's dry, these are all dry.
1: Versus uh, Riesling Versus, or yeah. Rich Demeanor or. Right,
3: yeah. Well, yeah. Some, almost a, anything A lot, lot of, yeah. <laughs> any good wines, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Well, yeah. That's pretty good, actually, mm-hmm. for six bucks. Yeah, I'm impressed. So you guys I don't wanna... really get much oak on it, though. <clears throat> I don't get much
0: new oak. Uh, Maybe I'd... they get away with it because mm-hmm. it's younger than. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. Well crafted, but but young. Maybe I didn't that's get a ton to
2: of oak. I didn't. Uh, the other thing that you know they mentioned when you're tasting this one um, was like dark chocolate and stuff, and mm-hmm. I didn't get much of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of depth of character on this one, but it, yeah. it's tasty. I like the fruit yeah, forwardness exactly. of it, and yeah,
3: I'm pretty skeptical of the when people get those really specific tasting profiles. I'm just, I'm not a big believer. in someone who goes like, "This smells like." Forest floor And like <laughs> You know
1: Like These um, grapes were picked On the south side Of a hill Yeah At about 4pm <laughs> Right Yeah Ah that's optimal
2: yes. time To get more of that uh, Tannin Yeah
0: <laughs> Alright well uh, Sean we rate We're going to rate this From 0 to 5 yeah. Okay 5 being the highest And we do go in Quarter increments So you could do like A 2.5 or 2.75
3: Sounds great. I give it a uh, 3.5. 3.25. Okay.
2: I'm glad you went first. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, now I know what to base my number
1: off of. Well, if the wine guy says so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, I'm going to give it a 3.5. 3.50. 5, That's pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a 3. Just to make things different. Well, look at that. So the average for the Dark Horse Merlot is 3.25. It's a pretty decent start. That's better than okay. The the
2: reason I I picked three is so it would end at 3.25, which is what Sean rated it. um, So we make him correct. (laughs) That's what I did. (laughs) You're welcome. Make the guests
1: feel welcome. All right. Better take a little sip of this bush light. Ugh.
0: Cleanse the palate. Yeah. Need to get a water jug down here. All right. This next one is the Lignostique Merlot. Oh well, it's ha- twenty
2: eighteen, I think. It says on the back. Twenty eighteen.
0: All right, All right uh, what was the price of this one?
1: Uh, so this is thirteen point five percent and was nine ninety nine. Ten bucks.
2: So this should be twice as good.
1: <laughs> That's got an interesting aroma to it. What is that? Wine. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I can believe in it.
0: <laughs> the main wine grower is located near Nimes at St. Jean du Magliore, north yeah. of Montpelier, a site with very good clay and limestone soil. Vines are low yielding, sixty-five hectoliters per hectare, which gives very good concentration in the wine. Uh, oh. Full destemming, long cool maceration with pump overs. Um,
1: that sounded kind of yep. erotic. <laughs> as long as long it's stem, up. as long as it's
2: pump over, I don't know what that means.
0: Doesn't give any specific notes on tasting or That's nose. Okay.
1: I Guess we'll just have to figure this shit out for ourselves.
0: But there we go. What do you got, say in the nose? Uh,
1: later fruit? Maybe more plum? Is that plum? It definitely smells different than the Dark Horse. I was expecting kind of similar, some sort of dark yep. fruit, but it's different. I think it's plum. Some, something like that.
2: I was going to say, I don't know. I would say a lighter fruit, too. I was thinking like a dark cherry. Or light cherry.
3: I think this wine's less fruity than the last one. Which is to be expected. It's from... It's from the old world, so. Uh, Definitely more
2: tannin. Mm -hmm. More savory, right?
1: I got initially that, like, ooh, like a little Mm -hmm. kick in my taste buds.
3: To me, it has a longer finish, too. It's staying in my mouth longer.
1: Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Longer legs, and it it doesn't seem to dry out as fast. It kind of mellows out. To me, the
3: tannins are more integrated into the wine. It's more like a part of the wine where... I felt the tannins were kind of disjointed from the fruit in the last one.
1: Hmm. But, yeah, I don't... I, it's hard to pick out any kind of specific mm-hmm. fruit or um, taste. Yeah. I don't know. I'm tasting something, but all I can
2: think of is <clears throat> it's thinner at the back end. Like, in the back of my tongue, I don't taste as much, and it feels a, a mm-hmm. little uh, more watery, almost, to me, in the back of my, in the back of my mouth. I got a weird mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um so after a few seconds it almost seems a little bit more like an alcohol.
3: What's the alcohol on it?
1: I, it was uh um, three point five percent. The dark horse was fourteen. Hmm? Thirteen point five, sorry. Thirteen point five. The dark I was horse say it's was fourteen and a half. I was like that can't be correct. That's a lot of alcohol on a wine. Fourteen. At first I I kind of liked it, but I'm not sure the more I have the I'm not I might like the dark horse a little bit more so far. But this isn't actually too bad. So far I've been pleasantly surprised of the two we've had that I hadn't hated them yet.
0: So uh Thank you. anything more on this one guys? Or should we uh start mm-hmm. with the rating?
2: Yeah, we can throw numbers. I'll do it. Sure. Thank Shoot. You. I think I I uh, it's tough. I think they're pretty similar um, numbers wise. None of them I I don't like one more than the other one that much. So
1: three.
3: Sean, I'm gonna give this one a three five.
1: Pooh bear.
2: <laughs> we yeah, were I we thought- were watching Winnie the Pooh clips at home. Me and Keely.
1: I am going to give it a three point five. So, the average for this wine, Log Nostique Q?
0: Log Yeah, that one. Log Yes. Log Nostique? Uh, 3.
1: 3.33333. It's halfway to evilness.
0: <laughs> I'm in danger! <laughs>
1: it's just
0: now (laughs) why because it was (laughs) halfway to 666 he's half evil uh all right um so i was gonna ask you now you you were you and i were discussing earlier this year about the sommelier classes Mm -hmm. right yeah what can you tell us about that
3: oh definitely uh so i'm right now i'm just a level one so i'm a winemaker first and then sommelier second
0: So So a small A a is like somebody who's done courses and figuring out how to Mm -hmm. really taste and and express the nose and everything?
3: Yep, and like wine regions and wine history. So I've kind of... I've taken level one. I passed that exam in. I've t-
2: with flying s- colors or like. San Diego. Barely. No, what kind of. Thing? I don't know. They By they the skinny you skin
3: your they're, grapes. They're <laughs> I didn't have to do a blind tasting yet. I just did a theory exam with level one.
0: Okay, that, so it's a theory yeah. exam? Okay. Yeah, there's a
3: theory exam about the history of wine, the regions, and kind of. Uh, you have to have a basic understanding of grape varieties and stuff like that. And, but then level two, you become a certified sommelier. So then you have it for life. Right now, I have to retake that exam every three years if I want to keep that kind of level one status or whatever you want to call it. But it's not really – I call myself a sommelier in training. I'm not really – I don't consider myself a sommelier yet. Sommelierite. So these – no, that's not right.
0: (laughs) These classes cost money or where do you get the info at? Like 700 bucks. Okay.
3: Yep. So it's like a weekend class and then you take an exam at the end. But then to take level two to be a certified SOM, you have to do a blind tasting – you have to do a service part where you have to like basically serve the wine to these master sommeliers and they drill you with a bunch of questions. And then you do a theory exam where you have to to basically know. For me, for instance, I'm, uh, I've broken my research into like seven categories. So it's like wine history, wine regions, uh, wine philosophy, wine um, tasting, wine and food. And I'm probably missing one, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. So basically, I'm I'm kind of creating an encyclopedia for myself for so that I can reference it all the time. I'm building depth, and it's actually being really become really useful as, in my winemaking because I'm like. So you're uh, saying knowledge is power. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Write it down, boys. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. So I'll like I'll learn like. There's this there's this wine in in northern. Italy called Armorone and they dry the grapes out and evaporate. They basically
1: like let all the water dry, and I use it to and I- wash my dash in my car.
0: You yeah. know that's armor all.
1: Oh. oh, sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and oh, is it, well,
3: isn't, he isn't, laughed. Isn't drying up, <laughs> isn't drying out a grape
2: making a raisin?
3: Yeah, basically <laughs> that's what they're doing. They're making wine out of raisins, basically, and it creates. Um, higher alcohol well and more concentrated flavors, and I'm like, oh, cool! Because I'm doing the Sommelier training, I'm like, I I want to try that next year. Now I want to dry some grapes out and make some wine out of it. So it's kind of it's kind of making my winemaking experience more interesting and um, enjoyable. So, and it's, it's fun to experience. And I to taste a lot of wine, and no one judges me for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's
4: part of my yeah. research. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: So right now I'm uh, basically tasting wines that are on the exam only. And there's like 10 red varieties and there's 10 white varieties on the level two exam.
0: Oh, did and, we um, just screw up your, uh, your, re- your research and your, oh, no,
3: not at all. No, this is <laughs> great. Merlot is that this, uh, um, there's like a couple of these on the exam. So really? Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. Yep. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we planned fun.
3: it that way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Bridgeview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the next one. What do we got? This next one is Marco v- Faluga Varneri Merlot Colliodoc. I don't. I don't know. I'm not even going to try to be have a
2: dude. Your your language. My accents skills are, are terrible. Fucking way off today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Marco Faluga's Varneri is made from 100 Merlot, the most important red grape variety of Friuli oh. Venezia Giulia. Proximity to the Alps and the sea, which send cooling afternoon breezes over the vineyards after a warm day of sun, create the ideal situation for producing complex, well-structured wines that are very age-worthy.
1: So they're saying the breeze that goes over the grapes actually makes a difference? Ah, lots of things.
0: So this is a 13.5% ABV?
1: Yeah, almost everything changes your wine. Yeah, I suppose it could cool them off for something for the, I don't know.
3: Wind? Yeah, it was good for disease.
1: Sure. Oh, perfect. Yeah, fungus so, can't
3: grow in windy conditions. Oh, okay. So that's why we, I don't even spray any pesticides or anything like that.
0: Oh, or, good. Or, um, that's good Or
3: herbicides or.
0: So yours is 100% organic wine then?
3: Uh, yeah, I add sulfites. Oh, okay. But uh, my wine growing is totally organic. So why do we add sulfites? Because it makes my wine not oxidize. <laughs> okay. Just, I'm just I wondering, love, yeah. I love, I'm a big believer in sulfites. Yeah. It, when they're used properly. It's a natural byproduct of uh, fermentation. Okay. I just add a little bit more and then it. I think it allows the wine to age longer and keep the the purity of the flavor for a longer period of time as well.
1: All right. Interesting. Well, I noticed reading the bottles on these, most of them say uh, sulfites Mm -hmm. or contain sulfites. Totally. I mean, they all do, I think. Mm -hmm.
3: But I can't label my wine organic if I add sulfites to my wine. Above, it's called 10 parts per million, but that doesn't matter.
0: Oh, it matters.
1: (laughs) To somebody out there. Yeah, someone can hear that and go, yeah. (laughs)
0: Where are these guys getting the nose on this one?
1: Not a Vinegar. not a whole lot. A like vinegary fruit. <laughs> right. Vinegary dark fruit.
2: Yeah, I oh, don't know. It, it it has that vinegary funk to, to me, or maybe it's the glass, or maybe it's your
1: hands. Ah, oh, fuck.
0: Yeah, wine. I I found today that not a lot of wine websites have nosing and tasting notes.
1: You That's think really... they would? Yeah. Because that's a big thing. It's man. a big
0: but, thing with beer, for sure. Yeah. And
1: just wine snobs and stuff. Oh, yeah. So is so is wine. Is that drink with the pinky up? <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> why does
0: he was spitting? <laughs> oh, that's why we have plastic table covers, sir.
3: <laughs> I'm a winemaker from North Dakota, so I'm definitely not bougie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm bougie as fuck.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wearing my David sweater. Nice. Mm. So this is uh nineteen ninety nine. Twenty bucks a
3: bottle. So the,
0: the how much was yours that you brought?
1: Uh, like thirty eight plus stacks.
0: Oh, okay. So second spendiest wine here today.
1: Yeah. But really twenty bucks for a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. It's That's a lot. Yeah. Inexpensive. Or is it a oh. lot? I don't I
3: mean, know. It's $20 for one night, you know. Oh, right. Like he was yeah. saying earlier, you can drink whiskey for
1: like months. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah,
2: that's why my wine uh, collection hasn't grown. It's cause I buy three bottles of wine, that's three nights of drinking. That's fucking it. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Gone, right? And when
1: you say three <laughs> nights, you mean hours. I right? mean you actually <laughs> 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 I, mean, I mean, you don't sit at home
2: just you and a couple of people and go through two, three bottles of fucking whiskey for sixty bucks, right? Well, But you sit and you can go through two, three bottles of
0: wine. Yes. I mean. I mean, technically speaking, (laughs) two of my glasses equals a bottle. I have big glasses.
2: I had a. (laughs) I I had a. Big tumblers. This girl I was seeing one time, she was like, did you drink that whole fucking bottle of wine? I said, I had two glasses. Quit saying it wrong. Like what? 750
1: milliliters
3: (laughs) is a bottle of wine, Mm -hmm. right? Yep.
1: This is a DOC
3: wine. So that's like their second highest tier in Italy. The highest is DOCG, so, and it's got some age on it. It's 2016, about five years, 13% alcohol.
0: Yeah, this is this
3: is my favorite so far.
0: What do you, yeah, get, no, what I, do you get on the nose on this one? I'm sorry for that. We don't have a uh, you know g- real snifter, <laughs> <to>, yeah. <laughs>
1: So obviously there's wine glasses, Mm -hmm. you know, there's certain glasses, you know, there's certain glasses for even different types of beer, pilsners, lagers. Totally. Same thing Uh, for wine. um, And so wine glasses are typically fluted, correct? Or however you would... The flutes are for champagne. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's, Yeah. But does the, the specific yeah um, wine glass, is, is that also supposed to help with the aromas and, and, and all that, bring yeah, it out more? Definitely.
3: So the stem is there just to keep you from manipulating the temperature of the wine. But um, yeah, uh, certain – like you were talking about the flute. That's only so you can observe the bubbles go up.
2: Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that they're called champagne flutes. So when you said flute, I was mm-hmm. like, Wrong! Incorrect. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. nice. And your skin flute. So, so you hey. said you're getting dried fruit on this one on the mm-hmm. nose. Yep, dried
3: fruit. Um, dried herbs too. It's definitely less fruity than the than the dark horse. It's more full body too. It has a uh, basically consumes the mouth of flavor.
1: Higher mm-hmm. tannin than on both the other ones. Yeah, I got that <laughs> down more mm-hmm. tan mm-hmm. tannins, but it it seems like it dries my tongue out less. At the end, I mean, it's still there, mostly right on the top. It's a whole mouth, but me. it uh, it's actually pretty good. I, I I enjoyed this one too.
3: Yeah, that's my favorite. And Italy is the second biggest grower of uh, of Merlot.
0: Really? Hmm.
3: Yep. It's then it's U.S. It's France, then Italy, then of the
0: US then pretty much California
3: yeah <laughs> yeah, it's it's, yeah. its own country <laughs> yes it is yeah. they do like I think it's like 80 or 90% of the wine in the United
0: States how about you two what do you guys get anything in, more yeah. to add to that
2: no no it's it's good um, the feel of tannins is, is all over um, mm-hmm. and I always kind of equate it with uh, fuzzy tongue mm-hmm. but so yeah. it, it dries out but I don't get as, as much fuzziness from it um, but it is still all over.
1: Uh, when you say fuzzy tongue, is that different than the like waking up the next morning with a hangover and you got that like cotton mouth, fuzzy tongue? Feel? No, they can be the same oh, thing. about the same. Okay,
2: <laughs> it depends on how much wine you drink.
0: Well, yeah. apparently
1: three bottles. <laughs>
0: Red wine hangovers. Ooh. Some of them, uh, depending on which ones you drink, can be terrible hangovers. <laughs> Bad.
1: Still don't get those.
0: What's that? Hangovers?
1: You can't get a hangover if you just stay drunk. I've I've tried. <laughs> awesome.
3: I'm jealous oh. of that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I yeah I mean my hangovers consist of me being tired and surly, but the only difference is I'm tired. I'm usually just angry anyway. But yeah. I've had a couple of rough ones, but my body's a fucking machine.
0: <laughs> nice. Alright, well let's uh let's put a number on this one. And why don't you start this one? Off? All
1: right, I'm gonna give it a four. It's my favorite so far. Chris, three five.
3: I'm gonna give it a four.
1: <laughs>
2: it's just crazy how incorrect you both are. <laughs> you're not
1: you're not going to stage two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the average for this one that I'm going to mispronounce. Marco Feluga. Thank you. Is 3.8333, 3, 3, repeating three. So good enough for first place so far.
0: Yeah! <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we take a quick ad break and uh, get some munchies and stuff, and we'll be right back.
1: What would you like to eat tonight? I don't know. What are you feeling? Uh, you know, I, I could go for burgers or wings. I don't know. Maybe even pizza. What are you thinking? We just had pizza,
2: I think I don't know.
1: Uh, That's why I'm asking you.
2: Well, maybe we should look online.
4: Is what? It happens in nearly every home in America almost every day. At some point, someone asks, what are we going to eat tonight? Worry not. Fargo Takeout's artificial intelligence robotic chef, The Decisionator, is here to make the choices for you you'll find its three top choices for takeout. If none of the three choices sounds good to you, just click the Nope, Try Again button. Even an artificial intelligence robot chef gets it wrong once in a while. The next time your relationship seems strained based upon what's to put on the table, turn to FargoTakeout.com Decisionator. And remember, Save a meal, save a marriage. Fargotakeout.com slash Decisionator.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we might mention Bridgeview Liquors a lot around here, and there's a, there's a really good reason why. They pay for a lot of our booze. But uh, one of the great things about them, not just the paying us in alcohol, is they truly seem to love what they do. They're knowledgeable as hell on almost every type of alcohol. Anytime I have questions, that's where I go. That's why I love Bridgeview Liquors.
0: And I know for a fact that they have knowledgeable staff because, if you go back to our Brandies and cognacs episode, uh, Evan, their store manager, his store pick for Brandies was the winner for the day. And I'm also impressed immensely with their huge selection of craft beers, not only locally, but... As far away as four or five other states, which is more than an armful away.
2: (laughs) Uh, Speaking of their knowledgeable staff, I found out that the word Gewürzteminer means a noble grape while at Bridgeview. um, It is basically a grown-up version of a Moscato. Bridgeview has a wide selection of local as well as really hard-to-find wines.
1: I like Gewürztraminer wines just because I like to say that word.
2: Dude. And I'm German. Gewürztraminer is about the funnest thing you can do with my mouth. (laughs) It
1: is. (laughs) And one of the fun things about Bridgeview that I like is that uh, how regularly they post on social media the new beers and liquors they get in with pictures because I'm a picture guy. Um, I like to see the Not much a reader, huh? (laughs) No. But Bridgeview has the picture. So I'm like, oh that's the beer i'm looking for i can look at the picture i can go look for the can or the bottle and you know figure out match them up and everything and they do that uh weekly on all their new releases for that week so it's kind of nice i like that
0: and you can find those social media posts on instagram and facebook at bridgeview liquor and their website is bridgeviewlickers.com and you can go to their location at 935 37th Avenue South in Moorhead.
2: And when you do go to their location at 935 Something in Moorhead, <laughs> if you mention Brews, Booze, and Reviews at the checkout, you save 10% off of all
0: purchases. 10% off all purchases. So
2: th-
1: 10% off all purchases.
2: Thanks once again for listening to our podcast. We love and appreciate all of our listeners, and we really love and appreciate you at Bridgeview Liquors. 10%
0: off all purchases. All purchases.
2: All purchases. And rum. I like, that's the drink you guys are. We paid $40 for this fucking recipe and some f- eight cookies. <laughs> <laughs> fucking women's rights. No, <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus. Gotcha. Well, like, are we live? You Not let actually. them vote and you let them drive I'm and they just, just want everything.
2: I'm just kidding. We were supporting we support- something really nice and I was just teasing about that.
0: Anyway. <laughs> and with that, welcome back to my Marat- ad. <laughs> 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 Uh, while we were on break, we uh, had a little discussion that I, the, I wanted to put on the air uh, with, with Sean. Um,
2: we were talking about, I think it started when I said, I thought Bordeaux was a type of wine. Yep. And then we mm-hmm. started talking about regions of wine, and mm-hmm. then we came up to Robert Mondavi.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Robert Mondavi is famous for naming wines after the grapes rather than the region, uh, well, he did many things. He he came into a wine region after Prohibition. It was the first wine reed to be opened in Napa Valley after Prohibition, and it was a massive, ambitious project. It was highly impressive, and he pulled it off, and he made fine wine in Napa Valley. Um, we were also talking about the Paris tasting, which he wasn't in, but uh, the Paris tasting in 1976, and the reason that pertains, because we're drinking Bordeaux right now, um, they took the best finest French wines. And they compared them with the, the kind of the best California wines, typically from the Napa Valley. And, uh, the Napa Valley won. They won the tasting in white and red categories. And it changed the world of wine. It just completely D- debunk the myth that only fine wine comes from France, and, and they had French yeah. tasters too. And they had French it wasn't tasers. just like yeah, it wasn't just a bunch of me's out there. No, going, no, no, oh, yeah. Yeah. no they <laughs> like, USA. They had like high the highest French tasters involved, and it was like it was just huge. It was a revolution in wine, and and one thing that I'm looking at doing is um, doing a, a kind of a similar, not the similar, not in the same scope of ambition, but I want to prove that you can create fine wine with these called hybrid grapes and Challenge California. So Challenge California and kind of vinifera wines um, with hybrid grapes so we can do the same thing. We can reinvent the game again. Nice. That would be awesome. Yeah. Put North Dakota back on the map. That's right. Right. (laughs) And I'm just one
2: of the Dakotas.
3: Yeah. (laughs) When we go to California, we bring our wines. Yeah. Um, Every winter, my parents live there in Sonoma in the winters, um, California, and we we tour wineries and we just kind of throw our wine on the table and we're like, taste it, what do you think? And
1: um, it goes over pretty well. It's pretty yeah, to your face. That's,
3: yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're snobs though. As soon as you want, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in 1976, we beat the French. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? fucking North Dakota bringing their yeah.
4: shit here. But it was really, good. Fuck really your grapes, yeah. son of a bitch. Fuck yeah. your
0: grapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this first one. So,
2: speaking Mm -hmm. of, yeah, so from the the
0: break, our fourth wine of the evening or this morning, whatever.
1: (laughs) Afternoon. Mm -hmm. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) 10 a.m. on our seventh wine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is. uh,
0: So, this is a Chai de Borde. Deuce, I don't know, from Bordeaux. It's it's a Cheval Quancard 2016. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And this one was $12. Over at the uh, liquor store.
2: Now we're talking my price range.
0: And it says uh, dark fruit and blackberry with some earthy honey and game notes. Uh, Did you say honey? Yes. A poo? (laughs)
3: Bears of honey and I'm a poo bear. Yum, 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 yum. yum, yum, yum. yum, I
4: love
0: that. (laughs) And then there's going to be some cherry and some red fruit, possibly some strawberries in, in there. It goes good with beef, veal, game, and poultry. I like beef tips. We have some great beef tips here today. Yeah. Delicious.
1: Yeah, I get maybe dark cherry, maybe a little, and then something maybe a little sweeter, like maybe that strawberry.
2: Up front, sweet and fruity. Mm. Like the nose, I like the nose on this. Yeah, it's
0: smells pretty good. So, so now these are this is made with merlot grapes, but so, it's in a very specific reason, region so, of France, right? So,
2: it's 64% merlot and 36% cabernet sauvignon. Yep.
0: Okay. That's the most
3: famous blend in the world is the Bordeaux blend. And it's usually made with, they have like five grapes that they do it with. They have Cabernet Sauvignon. I thought you were going to
2: say five total. I, before you said three pounds per bottle,
3: but... What? Yeah. Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> it's very concentrated. Those are big grapes.
2: <laughs>
3: Cab so, Franc, uh, Capri- uh, Merlot, uh, Petit Verdot, and then Malbec. Okay. So those grapes, obviously, they're world-famous grapes and they spread throughout the world. But Verdot blend is... Um, that This is a... This is like an entry-level Bordeaux, so it's like a. That's basically like saying it's from California. So the one that we're going to try is from Pomerol. That's like a sub-region within uh, Bordeaux on the right bank. So it's like oh, a,
1: it's on the right
3: of uh, the right bank of the. river. I thought it was the left. <laughs>
0: the right Damn. Okay, I got you.
1: Catches more of the morning yeah. sun versus the afternoon sun. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what?
1: That they, have different soils.
3: They, have, they
1: have different soils and stuff like that. Um, I kept thinking that. back to when you said the petite. Uh, Verdot? The petite grape. It, was that what it was? I kept thinking, like, what are these grape pickers are going through? Nope, too fat. Nope, too Oh, there's petite. Yeah. Picking them as it, <laughs> That okay. That one
2: deserves. All mm-hmm. right. <laughs> good, good job.
4: Uh, to,
0: to me, like, this uh, wine
3: is, three for one now. To, this to me, this wine is catering to a, an American audience. It's designed for our palates. This doesn't. So it's a little bit sweeter. Like, this not doesn't as taste like Bordeaux. Yeah. Okay. It tastes like a, a New World wine.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no but i have a, i have a friend who who is really into wine um she buys just a fucking by you know by the box load and she just took a trip over over to italy and all these places and i was like i have some good wine she's like nope i went, what how is that possible she's like they're all dry and nothing to them <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well I'm not asking for your advice anymore. <laughs> she said the food in Italy sucked and they didn't have great wine. And I went, hmm, American. That's like two of the <laughs> things, right?
1: Where is the McDonald's? <laughs> right. Love <laughs> La fries. I want bacon and grease and I want it fucking now. So I get that dry finish again like the Merlot's. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, Yeah. Um, I can't, it's hard to pick out any one specific flavor, any fruit. I mean, it's, it's fairly smooth, but it
2: I, seems I, to have this sourness to it a little bit too on, in the top of my mouth, but
0: who wants to start, start the rating on this one, possibly.
3: I, uh, uh I give it a, a three. Three? three only because I expect more from, from that. I love, this is my favorite region in the planet.
1: And, um, that's uh, yeah. It's about a three. Okay. I'm gonna give it a two seven five.
2: This one seems more acidic mm-hmm. than anything we've had so far. Um, Chris. I I just keep going threes, except for on the last one. I'll do a th- I'll do a three point two five. Ooh. Yeah. That's not bad.
1: Simple. So the average for Chai de Bordes, Bordeaux, this uh, Bordeaux is a uh, three zero zero
0: Bordeaux, Bordeaux. like Bridget Bordeaux, like Chris That's how really I...
3: Bordeaux. I prefer a, a nice Bridget Bordeaux. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bordeaux are like some of the most expensive wines ever. So it's really hard to get like quality Bordeaux without paying an arm and a leg for
0: it. Which is like breaks my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Yeah.
3: I walk by it a lot in the liquor store. <laughs> just, oh,
4: I want that. <laughs> it's
0: like
3: I'm window shopping. <laughs> yeah. I do
2: it all the time too with like whiskeys and stuff. Yeah. I just sit and gaze at the
0: shelves all, all day long. Okay. So our fifth wine is the Chateau Belgraves. What does it say in the bottle for the year? 2010. 2010, okay. Um, If you go to KermitLynch.com, which is the distributor, Mm -hmm. correct? Okay, Mm -hmm. situated in Lalande de Pomerol, just north of Pomerol, Belgraves produces Merlot-dominated wines with a lush, velvety texture and very fine tannins. The vineyards average 40 years of age and are planted on slopes that descend to the east, south, and west of the estate. They sit just across a small river from some of the famous estates of Pomerol. The greatness comes from their own terroir, a very clay and gravel, where flint, quartz, and mica offer distinct mineral components to each parcel. Yields are kept low. The maceration is long, and the wines are never filtered. The final blend consists of 88% Merlot and 12% Cabernet Franc. The finesse and subtlety that characterizes this wine are matched by its complexity and depth. In Bordeaux's sea of oft-criticized, overly expensive, and even overrated wines, it is refreshing to find a domain, a chateau, whose wine is far from banal, or banal, whatever whatever you say that word, and whose price point feels comfortable.
1: I like the word banal. (laughs) Banal. Wasn't that uh, Batman's nemesis there for a
0: while? That was Bane.
1: Oh, okay, sorry. Good one, though. Jesus. so Sean actually brought this with him today yes I
0: did. and this one was the $38 well you we said this is it? yeah okay so it's the ex- most expensive one on our list today thank you for bringing that by the way no, did you did not bet. have to thank you
1: mm-hmm. yeah it was my pleasure Um. now is this like one of your go-tos this one of your yeah the I, you I've bought re- this probably four or five times oh, okay mm-hmm. I like this wine a lot this week or
3: no <laughs> yeah, I can't afford that <laughs> But it is, um, it's earthier than the others to me. Um, It's, uh, like I said, the tannins are more integrated into the wine where they don't feel disjointed. It's smoother because it's got some age on it.
1: But I could be wrong. No, I think. uh, Probably not. You're probably right. I get, I get like, I want to say plum again, but maybe what I'm thinking is plum is just some sort of less uh, sweet fruit. Um, I get a little bit of like maybe dark cherry in there too. But at first I get some sort of, all I can think of is like a a raisin plum aroma. It's like, it's not super sweet. It's kind of earthy. And just for some reason, plum just jumps in my head. There's probably no plum in this at all, but that's. Typically
2: there's not any plums in it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, grapes,
2: plums, Whole, whole plum right at the bottom of it.
3: So it's it's a wine that um, embraces what Merlot is to me. It's not supposed to be like a Cabernet. It's not supposed to be tannic. It's not supposed to be explosive flavor, the aromatic that comes out. It's supposed to be smooth. It's supposed to be food-friendly. And my guess is it's probably 12.5 alcohol. Thir- yeah, it 13.5. no, nope, yeah. nope,
1: I was
3: off. Never mind. Higher alcohol uh, than I expected. So in Pomerol, the land is flat. So typically you make wine in like really slopy hilly areas, but this wine makes fine wine. This region makes fine wine from flat grounds. And the Why do you want it angled? So uh, you want it angled in cold climates, like in Germany, uh, because it basically the sun hits it for more period of the time of the day mm. and accelerates the ripening process. So you get riper grapes, less tart flavors. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm actually building self-facing slopes At my winery (laughs) because we have such flat ground that we're basically bringing in soil onto our land. Oh, really? I can create. I can plant grapes on a south facing slope. Nice. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You're doing it by shovel loads. Yeah. (laughs) No, when they're like they're building like apartment buildings, you know, in like West Fargo or like in in our area, and we're just like we'll take your soil, we'll take it. So they uh, charge less
2: because they're already digging it up. Sometimes it's
3: free. Fucking it! Yeah,
1: just come and okay. get it.
3: Yeah, we're just like a, they're like a, a dump for them.
1: Then, like, do you like use like compost and stuff to fertilize that? Mm-hmm.
3: So grapes, uh, you don't want to. F- our grapes, our our soil is so fertile that that's actually become a problem because it, you want a, a crappier soil with grapes, basically. Oh, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're too so, good, actually.
3: We're too. Our soil too is too good. good. So I'm trying to like deplete the nitrogen in my soil. This seems counterintuitive, but, yeah, I never water. I never um, never, never fertilize.
0: So any specific notes that you're getting on, on this one there, guys?
1: Well, when Sean said smooth and balanced, I agree with that. Or maybe he didn't say balanced. I'm saying balanced, mm-hmm. but it is mm-hmm. very smooth. Slight dryness, slight tannics, but mm-hmm. not, like, overpowering. That's mm-hmm. why I call it uh, balanced. Well balanced. Yeah, it actually it is. Mm-hmm. I have this with pasta. Um. We got some meatballs over there, <laughs> which is not it, pasta. I know, Chris, I but like, oh, you fucking- spaghetti and meatballs. Sure, sure. Same flavor. Anyway. Thanks, Shannon.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is delicious. It's velvety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we talk about tannins and some of them are overpowering, mm-hmm. this just smoothens everything out. Yeah. Um, I think it was made for, made for tannins. It's not like a dominant, you know, we've been saying plums and all these other different flavors. There's no like real dominant thing there, but there's a lot of different nuance to it. I I can't put my finger on hardly any of it. I just know that I want to keep drinking it.
3: Me too. Yeah. It's not loud. A lot of the wines are loud and they're like, they're trying to be these big full body wines. And that's just not where Merlot is supposed to be. It's supposed to be easy drinking. And the thing I like about Merlot is it's a wine that you can bring to parties because pretty much everyone will tolerate it. You know, they'll, everyone will can drink a Merlot.
0: Oh, I'm drinking a <laughs> lots of red wine. I'm fancy now. <laughs> lots of people,
3: <laughs> lots of people shit on Merlots. Yeah, um, they do. We
4: we're talking I love outside. Them. Yeah.
2: You know, we were talking about like sideways kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, said some shit, but I remember watching an episode of Frasier, and Niles and Frasier were having a, a, a wine tasting like competition to see who could pick out which wine was what and all this shit. and I just remember Niles going, why take a Merlot road when you can take a high cap? And so they were shitting on it back then too. Mm -hmm.
3: Jeez. So a lot of uh, Bordeaux regions have a quality hierarchy. So they'll have like, they have uh, first growth, second growth, third growth, and fifth growth. And then they they are priced accordingly. But Pomerol is such a small little area that they don't have a quality hierarchy. So pretty much everything... From Palmerol is treated equally.
0: It's interesting. Yep. Any other specific uh, notes, flavor notes? It's got a little bit of
2: acidity more than the other ones, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I just want more.
0: Fair enough. Well, why don't you start us out with a the rating then? What do you get for a number?
2: Well, then I'm going to have to give this one like uh, four and a half. It's really impressive.
3: Good. I will buy this. Um, and I will. I'm I just gonna
1: continue drinking tr- the one he brought. Yeah. If you drink a big, full,
3: like a full mouthful all at once, then you get
1: really, you really get it all. Oh uh, well, my it. glass is empty. I might have to try that. Yeah. I yep. Mean, <laughs> pass that would do it that. back. It, it tastes better. Uh, so Sean, what's yeah. your rating on this?
3: I think it's a four or five as well. Four or five.
1: Yep. But. It's just Boy, if I gave it, it a four point five, just you. <laughs> if I gave it's it a four point five, you, okay. it would really make the math easy. But I'm going to give it a four point two five because that's what I had in mind first. So the average for the Chateau Belle's Grave is, uh, four two five is four point four one six 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 six.
3: And you get this at ninety nine bottles. Ninety nine bottles. Yep, he's like the best sommelier in town. <clears throat> 99 bottles, they're like a sister store of Bridgeview. They are. They are? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bridgeview is fantastic too. Yeah. Evan at Bridgeview is great. Evan knows his stuff.
2: He's yeah, going he yeah. to come and hang out with us one
0: of these days. Someday. So, this last wine, what was the average? Like a four, uh, four, one. Okay. This last one is actually a homemade wine. Now, if you've been on the podcast, you know, we, there, we uh, have had homebrewers on. And we actually have a homebrew fridge, or I you know, have a homebrew from our, our my pen pal in Wisconsin uh, that was homebrewed, and we're going to have that on a podcast as well. But uh, we wanted to get a relo that um, somebody in town here made. Cool. This is uh, one of Shannon's clients, correct? Shannon? Yes. Uh, Julie Wilson? <clears throat> okay. Um, so from what I gathered, she used a wine expert... A uh, oh. private reserve in six to eight weeks makes 14 liters of wine.
1: This is going to taste a little different than that truly, Shannon. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is like a home kit. So, this is going to be interesting. This
1: is a home kit?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like a Mr. Beer?
0: Like a Mr. Beer like we had with um our beer that we had. She's actually in the process of making a Malbec right now. Very cool. Mm, I like Malbec. Mm-hmm. Me too. So, from a home brewer's point of view, what do you guys think about this one?
1: The aroma is right up there with a lot of them. It's some sort of dark fruit. Um, yeah. It comes across maybe a little sweeter.
3: A little bit sweeter, fruitier. Balanced. I think it's very good. Hmm. It does come
2: across, like even flavor wise, a little bit sweeter, sugarier.
0: Um
1: Yeah, it does. Slight dry finish still, but...
3: What do you make of the tannins?
1: It, it doesn't, like, really make my tongue shrivel up. <clears throat> uh, a little bit, but more on, like, the top instead of, like, the whole tongue, like some of these were.
2: It kind of... Maybe that's me, but dissipates a little quicker. Mm-hmm. That tannin feel.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm left with more sweetness. Um, which, to me, I'm not much of the sweet side of things. Um... But it's still uh, really drinkable for sure. Definitely. I, it's not bad at all.
0: Mm-hmm. But know what you got there, Sean, on this one.
3: I think that it's um, a great table wine.
0: It will be with food really well. Um,
3: I think, like I said, it's fruitier than the the last one we just tried. Maybe a little less complex, but mm-hmm. it is a great finish.
0: Well, we went from like highly uh, uh, anticipated and, and... Yeah. And... Well-researched to, hey, I'm going to try one now. Let's I see what think this is cool. like. I <laughs> cool.
3: Yep. Yeah. And I would totally drink this. this yeah, for sure. This is a great sure. wine, yeah.
0: Um,
3: <clears throat> definitely drink-worthy. Um, I can still taste it. I'd say the tannins are lower than the last, probably the lowest of all the tannins. But that's fine. That's what Merlot's all about, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be approachable. It's supposed to be easy drinking.
1: Did you say did a the ABV on this, by the way? It's mm-hmm. 12.6. Is 0. it? 0. Mm-hmm. 0.6, yeah. Okay. She knows
3: I'm not. Do you know if she used oak? Does she oak it? I don't
1: know. I sent you right know, that's a good question because as soon as you said that, I'm like, hmm, yeah, maybe. See, I don't know. Do you get oak? Munch. In the finish. Yep.
0: It's a Napa Valley Stag Leap District Merlot with Skins Wine Kit Wine Expert Private Reserve. I don't know if it has any wood in it or if it has staves or not. I guess I can't tell.
2: It's way on the back.
0: Mm-hmm. It says the oak intensity is heavy, though, and it does include grape skins.
3: So, so she got w- the grapes in the kit? She actually got grape skins? Yeah, she got the
0: grape skins so in it. So she got yeah.
3: full grapes. That's cool. Usually kits are just, they send you the juice.
0: So this should have a fruity palette of plums and red berries.
3: Yeah, hey, right. Yeah, plums. there's never any plums. Never plums. <laughs> <laughs> Not actual plums in it. Right. Just next to it. Right next I get that question. Every every tasting I've ever done, someone goes, you're saying this smells like plum. You don't put, do you put plum in this wine? <laughs> yeah, every every <laughs> tasting I've ever done. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, nope. It's just a byproduct of the
0: the grape. All right, guys. Who wants to uh, throw a number out there for this one first?
1: I'm going to give it a 425. Great drinkable. It's a, it's
2: a. To me, it's a bit sweet for what I typically like. Uh, So I'm going to go 2.75. I'd say it's above average, but a little too sweet for my
1: my liking. See, what you don't like about it is what I like about (laughs) it. I know we're opposites. Because opposites attract. That's right, Paula.
3: (laughs) I think it's cool that a home winemaker made this quality of wine, so I'm going to give it a 4.25.
2: Excellent. That seemed like that's what I gave it.
3: Seems like,
2: I, yeah, it, it's a yeah, weird. take
4: that, shithead.
2: <laughs> the you wine it, expert knows mean. just as little as Ernie.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Shannon, did
2: you
1: Sorry, want to rate Sean. this one? For me, it's a five because I can drink it and I don't like Merlot.
0: <laughs> right? There we go. <laughs> so
1: that makes it a bad Merlot. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so the average for the... De La Hunt family competition wine by from Julie Wilson is 4.0625.
0: Nice. Which is
1: good enough for second place. But the Chateau Bellez Grave la la la, Grabass, <laughs> Is the winner of the day at a 4.416666. Out of five. Yeah!
0: There we go. There's our the worst the one day.
1: was a three, which is still above average. Yeah. They were all good.
0: They were all drinkable for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd drink them. So
0: uh, what are I, you guys' uh, final thoughts on to, on Merlots today? We learned a lot. I, Holy I like shit.
2: Merlots. Yeah, and I'm glad Sean came on and educated us. Uh, that helps a lot. Um, but I, 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 I tend to be that... Uh, Cab, drinker Merlots and Shiraz and Malbecs. I like the red wines. I like, I like the fuzzy mouth feeling and the the deep rich flavors. So, yeah,
1: I I, I had a great time so it's today. And I'm typically not a Merlot drinker because I I like the sweeter things. But you know these all were really good, and at some of the price points, it's like yeah, you know I, I wouldn't be afraid to buy a least expensive one versus a more expensive one. But uh, yeah, they all definitely were different in their own way, and not too bad for a guy who likes sweet stuff.
0: Sweet, sweet, so, bang. the Bordeaux that was uh, at about twelve, thirteen bucks—think that was the best bang for the buck of the day.
1: I, uh, I
2: still, I'd rather drink the the Belgraves than any of them. Um,
1: yeah, that's something where you like have splurge, yeah. some friends over, like another couple, and you have like some sort of maybe a. Some, like sort, a of right. Some like sort of spaghetti dinner, or something like that. Some sort of key party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me,
3: the best value was the Italian one. Yeah. I'd love that wine.
1: Oh, that the third one we the had. The third one, yeah. The yeah. Varneri Calio Merlot by Marco. And that was twenty bucks, right? Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. See that stuff I could buy on like. Uh, on a that daily. was third.
1: Yep. Out of the.
0: All right, Sean. Uh, well, I want to thank you for coming on the the episode today. Jeff, yeah, any, thank you for have fun?
2: Yes, any part <laughs> it was a great time. Any, any parting shots you want to take? <laughs> any? Uh, no, I mean, information nuggets you want to oh, drop no, that no. something we didn't cover that people should know about Merlot. Uh, actually, I do have a question for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We're gonna. We're, there's no fucking way uh, we're gonna sit here and get through all six of these bottles tonight. So. Not with a, that attitude, you're we, not. We, we'll get through a couple. But we put a cork in these bad boys. How long are they going to last on our shelf?
3: So, uh, like, three to five days. Oh. Yeah, that's it? But honestly, I like to drink. I open a wine and then I drink it. I use um, a gas called argon. It's, it's, it's heavier than oxygen. It's in my windows. Yeah, nice.
1: Really? Argon gas? Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Um, so it pushes the oxygen out. So you just inject that gas. And it shoots out oxygen. So then the wine will last longer. Uh, uh, what? You don't we don't
0: have one of those.
3: <laughs> you can get it you can get it at like a like at the mall. A store? A cooking <laughs> store. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 Creative yeah. kitchen. Creative kitchen. Yeah, yeah. They have
3: they have a nitrogen and, and argon gas. Uh, so you just thing. you just inject it in there? Yeah and then you cork it. Yep. Really? Hmm? But make sure that make sure you put a top on that bottles if you want them to last. Because the thing that's causing problems is oxygen. That's right. your biggest enemy.
2: Because it's funny that it's an area because I didn't know what it was, but I had read that somewhere else. Somebody was talking about it on one of the whiskey forums I'm on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they do that. And they've had bottles open for years and years and years and years. And I haven't had any oxidation issues.
0: Mm-hmm. And if we had a wax, we could just dip the t- things in wax with the corgans on it. That'd be probably...
1: Passable, or stop, right? stop being pussies and just drink it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus, people. It is pretty
2: early, I guess. You guys could uh, want to watch me get slippery. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> I haven't yet begun to talk in cursive. <laughs> right.
0: All right, Sean. So you're with Bear Creek Winery. What can you tell us about that? Where can they find you? Where can, uh, obviously, yeah. bearcreeknd.com, right? Mm-hmm. Bearcreeknd.com.
3: Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we will be opening the tasting room again after this pandemic. Uh, we did private tastings last year, which were super fun. I did about 80 of them. And we just did like small groups from like 6 to 10, say maybe 6 to 12 people in like a really controlled environment for a long time. And we were like went into huge depth about wine. And I gave them a tour. I let them taste out of the barrel, showed them the vineyards. And it was a really fun experience. And I, I want to continue doing those. But I also think that it's – it's a little too exclusive, so I want to bring the open hours again back to, back to the tasting room next year. So we'll have live music and we'll do a bunch of fun stuff on that.
1: All right, I'll play. Yeah, <laughs> and that's over. Do you, over you guys play golf?
3: Uh, I've only I shot golf once I in my pl- life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't know laughs> I know if the I play small well. kind, I don't yeah. play well.
3: So we're building a, building a golf course too. Really? Yep. We're pretty much done. So if you ever want to come play, I would love to play with you. Yeah, I'm that'd nice. be great.
1: I'm down. <laughs> Lots that's of people want to play with
0: him. And that's yeah. over at
3: 8800 <laughs> 25th Street, Yep. South just on the edge of Fargo. Yep. Perfect location for, for the city.
0: And if any questions or concern, you can email them at info at bearcreeknd.com. Mm-hmm. Chris, you got anything for
2: us? Uh, nope. That's typical. Shut the fuck up, Ernie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You come in here with all this aggression, and then I have to fucking sit here by you the whole day.
1: Yeah. Or, right, it's me with you. I'm not the one yelling. God damn it, you win again. I do want to backtrack a little bit that that, uh, the one that um, Sean brought, when you said if you take a mouthful, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. actually do get a lot more. Right. And that's just a good reason just to, you know. Pour full glasses. Right. right. Not (laughs) sip the shit.
0: Do a hashtag Russo pour.
1: What's a Russo pour? Look it up.
0: All, All right, Ernie. Hashtag. Ernie, where can they find you at?
1: Um, Usually right across the street. All right. <laughs> I got to come up with something new. Come- <laughs> 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 Henceforth, we are neighbors.
0: Yes. All right, guys. This has been a Predicate Productions episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews. For more information, head over to com. Special thanks to our sponsors for supporting our podcast. You too can support our show by supporting them. You can also click the link at the bottom of a page of our episode description and donate to help with production costs and beer for our fridge to review for you. Also, stop by the Facebook group pages Beer People, Prairie Homebrewers Companion, and North Dakota Bourbon Drinkers and show us some support. And of course, thanks to our listeners and neighbors without whom this podcast couldn't happen. And to you, we say, May your glasses be full and
1: your spirits high.
0: Cheers. Cheers.